You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Yes, it is. Greeny rolling along. Progress, uh, presented by Progressive Insurance and, and Vern Lundquist, the first of what will be a daily sports voice legend, will join me at the end of this hour on the Goodyear Hotline. Delighted to have him again. We'll have Vern today. We'll have Al Michaels tomorrow. Costas Wednesday. Doc Emmerich Thursday. And Jim Nance Friday as we sort of work our way through here and just try and provide interesting, fun conversation for you. Speaking of which, I'm getting a lot of people who are uh, amused by the fact that I finally watched a show. That, that's been a, a big topic for me over the years is that I never watch any of these shows that people binge watch. I did watch The Queen's Gambit, and I was just telling you I was so excited that it won these awards last night. Not because I, I really had that strong a rooting interest or because I could compare it to any of the others because I'd never seen them, but I was just so excited that something won that I knew that I had actually seen. And so I'm surprised Bubba, if I may, to bring in, again, hashtag Bubba. I know that at one time in your life you had uh, designs on being a grandmaster. Right. So the fact that you didn't watch the chess show, I find that surprising. Yeah, I mean, I heard of it. I just feel like when you're at my level, it's just kind of you know, beneath you. I, I understand that. But, I mean, she on the show, she plays the greatest chess player that ever lived. Oh. She's the best ever. Is she? She, she would have taken <laughs> she would have taken you down. I can tell you that. Anyway, I really enjoyed that show and I recommend it. You can take that for what it's worth because I've never seen any other one, so I can't compare it to anything else. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can save big when you bundle your auto, home, motorcycle, RV, or boat. Visit Progressive.com. I want to say one thing about some comments that came out over the weekend that I think are worthy of discussion, and, and I will describe this at least for me on some level, as life coming full circle. So I started in this business covering Michael Jordan, and I remember vividly a time when he was somewhat heavily criticized for not being political enough, for not speaking out enough on social issues, legendarily saying the line Republicans wear sneakers too. And you, you, by now you're well aware of that whole thing, and they covered it in Last Dance last year and everything else. You're more than aware of that. And now... Zlatan over the weekend, the soccer legend, says LeBron James, who is right now among the handful of most famous athletes in the world, is speaking out too much. And I thought that was interesting. And LeBron responded exactly as you would expect him to. I I can actually play that. Here was LeBron's response. There's no way uh, I will ever just stick to sports because I understand how, you know, how this platform and how powerful my voice is. And uh, it's funny he say that because I believe in like 2018, he was the same guy who said uh, when he was back in Sweden talking about the same things um, because his last name wasn't a certain last name that uh, he felt like it was some racism going on when he was out on the pitch. Right. He did say that. Right. Yeah. I thought he was. I thought he said that. So I speak from a very educated mind um so um, i'm kind of the wrong guy to actually go at because i do my homework so i i I figure something like this it's worth telling you where you stand the bottom line of it is i was never critical then and i am not now i don't believe in stick to sports i believe in be true to yourself whatever yourself is 
whatever you're comfortable with, whatever matters to you, whatever moves you. Now, I just talked about how, as a society, we do such a poor job of amplifying unity and such an extraordinarily good job of amplifying division. So much of this stuff doesn't have to be division. It can be unity. There are too many things that we all mutually would like, that all people should want, if only we could find them. But that isn't the point, and I can't change all of that for you here. I'm not even going to bother trying. I guess what I'm saying is, I believe in being true to yourself. I would never tell LeBron James that he should stick to sports in the same way that I would never tell anyone that they should go outside of their own comfort zone to comment on issues where they do not feel comfortable or they do not feel, as he said, educated. When you do speak out on various things, on anything, really, be prepared for the slings and arrows. You know, I remember many, many years ago, Mike and I went to the White House, 2008. We went to the White House. We were invited by then-President George W. Bush. And there was a lot of criticism of us for going. And I remember thinking to myself, and then there's another time, that same year, I guess it would have been, because that was that election, we interviewed both Senator McCain and then-Senator Obama in the build-up to the election, the lead-up to the election. And I remember looking at some of the reaction that came into that, and I thought to myself, my goodness, The people who live in this world every single day, I can't even imagine it. If we think that the debates in the sports world are passionate, this is that they're nothing compared to that. So what I guess I would say is I just thought that was fascinating that here we started. I started in a place where there were complaints that people weren't active enough in this area. And now we've arrived at the place where the complaints are that there is too much activity. And and what I would say again is I do not believe in sticking to sports. I believe in being true to yourself. And I believe in everyone feeling empowered to say what they believe and then let the reaction fall where it does. We're seeing a lot of that in sports right now. I myself have zero issue with it. You know where I learned this from? I remember this night, I think I've told this story before, but I was sick one time. I was home sick in bed. And it was right after the uh, earthquake in Haiti. And I remember... George Clooney, the actor, the movie star George Clooney, was on Larry King. He was on the Larry King show, CNN. I don't remember whatever year the the terrible earthquake was. And he was on there, and he had somewhat quickly thrown together this big fundraiser. And he was on Larry King on CNN to to promote it, to create knowledge or awareness of it, because they were going to raise all this money. And I just thought it was really admirable. I mean, here's this movie star who, like, in the drop of a hat— that quickly was able to sort of put something together that was going to be meaningful and making a difference and trying to do something good and all of that. And I was, I was touched by it and, or moved by it. And so I went online to read more about it. And this was pre-Twitter, I think, or if, if, if Twitter existed, it would have been in its infancy. So in those days, all of the stuff that you now see on Twitter were just in the comments underneath the stories that you would see on something like CNN.com which is where I found this. And I remember reading the comments and all of these people who were just obliterating George Clooney. And I thought to myself, what part of this does anyone have an argument with? You can like or not like George Clooney, but here he is trying to do something where you're trying to create money and raise awareness, whatever it is he was trying to do. It was inarguably a good thing. Like no one could possibly have an issue with this, but they did. And it was then that I realized that was when I sort of had crystallized in my mind. At the end of the day, you've got to be true to yourself. Be who you are. People are going to react to it. No matter what you do, no matter who you are, no matter what you say, no matter how honestly and righteously you try to live your life, 
people are going to dislike it. They're going to have a problem with it. So you might as well do what is in your heart and in your soul and what that is telling you to do. So that's what I would, not that anyone, not any of the people in this conversation need advice from me. But that would be my advice to anyone who is contemplating how they want to handle life's journey along those lines. Be true to yourself and let the chips fall where they may. There isn't a better option. All right, coming up next, your, your phone calls earlier today were outstanding. If you were starting an NBA team right now with any one person currently walking the face of planet Earth, I'll tell you who it should be, and we'll see what you think. We'll do that. Vern Lundquist will join me. Busy hour. Glad you're here. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here, and we are presented by Progressive Insurance. And again, coming up in 15 minutes, the legendary Vern Lundquist on the Goodyear Hotline kicking off Legendary Voices Week. We have Vern today, Al Michaels tomorrow, Costas Wednesday, Doc Emmerich Thursday, and Jim Nance on Friday. And if you miss any of this, a reminder for you here that uh, while I would love you to hang out with me two hours every single day, I understand you have a life to lead, so you can always catch up with the podcast. They take each hour of this show, they turn them into two individual one-hour podcasts. It is called Hashtag Greeny. It's available anywhere you get your podcasts, and uh, you can check it out anytime you would like. We also bring you every day a fascinating stat, which is brought to you by DraftKings, America's top-rated daily fantasy app. And today's fascinating stat is about a young man who celebrated a birthday yesterday, Luka Doncic turned 22 years old. And did you know that on Luca's 22nd birthday, he averages more rebounds, more assists, and only one fewer point per game than LeBron James did when he, LeBron, turned 22. Both of them came into the league super young. LeBron came in at 18. That was before one and done. Luca came in at 19, came over from Europe. He has been playing professionally in Europe for a very long time. 
Obviously, he had in that regard a little bit of a head start. But for whatever it is worth, the numbers that Luca has put up at age 22, turning 22 yesterday, suggest that he is on a trajectory unlike practically anything we've ever seen in the NBA. And that is what brought us to today's Green List. The list is what determines who matters in this business. The Green List. All right, the list is fun. It is my top five, this, that, or the other, voted on exclusively by me, the world's foremost authority on all matters. And today, the list is the top five players you would choose if you were starting an NBA franchise and could pick from every human being walking the face of planet Earth. Number five. And five is Giannis. And as recently as I want to say a year ago, he probably would have been everybody's number one. And he would have probably been mine. He's 26. He's got back-to-back MVPs. Here's the question. Have we seen a tiny little bit of an Achilles heel in Giannis? And again, you're nitpicking. I mean, he's a brilliant player. Brilliant. Any team in the NBA would lose their minds to have him, and I love him, and I love him staying in Milwaukee, and I love the enthusiasm with which he plays, and I love the dedication in the offseason. I love everything about the kid. But the question is, in the playoffs, one of the most important qualities you can have is, can I put the ball in your hands in a tight game, in a big spot in the fourth quarter, and can you engineer a basket for my team? On every possession. On every possession for yourself or for someone else. And the answer to that question with Giannis has proven to be no. He doesn't shoot the three the way others do right now. He requires help getting the ball in big spots. Their offense has bogged down in the playoffs two years ago when they were supposed to make it to the final. We saw that happen against Toronto. It was unsightly and unwatchable, frankly. So I think that's the only question mark. It's not an insult to say he's the fifth best player on this list. But I think a year ago, he would have been number one. Number four. Four is Nikola Jokic. Jokic gets less attention pound for pound than any other great player in the sport because he plays in Denver and because he plays this incredibly unflashy style. He's 26 years old. He has 49 triple doubles in his career. That's only three behind James Harden. He's a center. He's a center who puts up triple doubles like James Harden. Oh, by the way, he averages 25 points, 11 boards, and 7 assists in the playoffs. For his career, he averages 18 points, 10 boards, 6 assists, and shoots 53% from the floor. He does stroke it from downtown. He is a great passing big man. He's a great passing anything man. He's a great player. If you wanted to argue for him to be higher on this list, you wouldn't get a fight out of me. Number three. But I couldn't put him any better than four. Jason Tatum is three. When I asked Jalen about this on TV this morning... He hesitated before not putting Jason Tatum number one. Tatum will be 23 years old this month. In the last two years, he's averaged 24 points, shot 52% from the floor, seven boards. Playoffs, he averages 21 points and seven boards. Came in after one year at Duke, carried that Duke team. Came into the NBA, and when they made that run, when Boston made that run a few years ago without Kyrie in the playoffs, you saw he put his signature on that. Jason Tatum has MVP talent. He is an MVP of the league waiting to happen. Some question about the dynamics on that team. A lot of questions about the coach on that team at this point. They're a 500 team that feels like there should be so much better than that. But it does not diminish Tatum. Tatum's greatness is, I believe, unquestioned. His ceiling is limitless. Tatum is three on my list of players you would start a team with right now based on age and everything else. Number two. But two is Zion. 
And Zion, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Why is it we talked about him nonstop when he wasn't playing and now that he's playing great and living up to everything they had hoped for, no one's talking about him. Zion is the forgotten man. Zion Williamson is 20 years old. He's two years younger than Luka. His career averages averages 24 points and 7 rebounds, and that includes a season in which they load-managed him into oblivion. This year, he's averaging over 25 points and shooting over 60% from the floor. There are only two players that have ever done that in a season, Charles Barkley and Kevin McHale. So Zion, with the energy, with the dynamic athleticism, with the infectious personality, with the ability to shoot it, at least you can't leave him wide open from three. He's everything that we hoped he'd be. And yet people seem to forget him. Is that because he's playing in New Orleans? Is that because the team isn't very good? Is that, I don't know what it is. But for whatever reason, Zion Williamson is spectacular. Now, the ability to stay healthy for 10 years remains a question. And, and I'm worried about it. But he's played every game so far this year, and he's looking good. And so he is number two. Number one. But one is Luka. Luka Doncic, again, the day after his 22nd birthday. He's one of two players in NBA history with 4,000 points and 1,000 assists before turning 22. LeBron is the other. Luka is just, he's just special. There's no part of the game at which he does not excel. I guess you could question the defensive end of the floor. But that feels like a decreasingly important part of this conversation. You start a team with Luka, and then you figure it out from there. He is number one on the green list today of players you would start a franchise with. Names that we left off the list include Ben Simmons, Donovan Mitchell, John Morant, Bam Adebayo, Jamal Murray, Devin Booker, Trey Young, Joel Embiid, and Anthony Davis. And in our first hour when I did this topic, I got an outstanding call from someone who said, Greeny, why aren't you considering LeBron James? And the reality is, Do we believe at this stage, we are at a place now where at the age of 36, we think LeBron James can stay at this level for four more years. Can he possibly do this at 40? It's unimaginable. You wouldn't even think, I didn't even think of him. Like his name never even entered my mind when I was putting the list together. And then the caller said that. And I said to myself, you know, life has changed. This stuff has changed. Maybe we do have to consider it. Fascinating stuff. The legend, Vern Lundquist, kicks off Legendary Voices Week with me live next. Don't miss it. ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y.
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call ClickGranger.com or just stop by. Greeny, the podcast. The moments and the voices behind them. Maybe. Yes, sir. Touchdown. Auburn. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Have you seen anything like that? This is Legendary Voices Week with Greeny. Coming to you live from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. And that's a voice I don't even need to tell you what his name is, as we will have several, one each day over the course of this week of the most legendary voices in the history of sports. Their play-by-play courtesy for all of those was CBS Sports and the unmistakable voice belongs to the legendary Vern Lundquist, who's good enough to spend some time with us. Hello again, Vern Lundquist. Hello to you. Uh, it, it is a pleasure. We had, for those who listen to my podcast, I had the distinct privilege of spending about 45 minutes with you going over a lot of this ground earlier, or I guess it was last year at this point. And when we decided to do the Legendary Voices Week, I said, those stories were so good, we need to tell them to the entire audience. And so we're delighted to have you back. At my age, I hope I can remember them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, here's what I discovered. as When I did the little bit of research that was necessary to interview Vern Lundquist several months ago, I realized that you literally have been at everything. You are, in that regard, sort of the Forrest Gump of sports. So let us go through <laughs> some of the legendary events, and we'll get in as many as we can in the time that we have. What I had not remembered was that you were the local play-by-play voice of the Dallas Cowboys in the 70s, the legendary Landry America's team, Dallas Cowboys, a team that did as much to put football into the place that it currently occupies in our consciousness today as any team ever has. So when people ask you, what's your one overwhelming or abiding memory of that team, that group, that era? What's the story that jumps to mind? Well, I I think, Grimmy, uh <clears throat> The fact that I was the same age as the guys who were prominent players then, <clears throat> and uh, in a very real sense, we've remained friends, a, a core cluster of them, and we've all grown old together. And I'm still in touch with many of those guys. Uh, I texted Drew Pearson when when he was uh, recently selected uh, into the Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm doing an event with Roger Staubach. We have dinner together at least once a year, he and Marianne and Nancy and I, uh, I'm still close with Calvin Hill and uh, not not so close with Mel Renfro because we moved away from steamboats to Steamboat Springs, oh gosh, 35 years ago. Uh, but we get back to Texas periodically. So that is the, that is the lasting meaning for me. Now, as, as for single events, it's hard to pick out. But I would go all the way back to my first year, Cowboys. I was the pre- and post-game host. And uh, uh, I made the charter trip to Green Bay, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. And uh, (laughs) 
things were so much simpler then. Uh, Chuck Lane, who was the PR director of uh, of the Packers, and I were friends, and I called him, and I said, Coach Lombardi is going to do a press conference for Dallas media only on Thursday before the Saturday game. So we all flew up, and uh, there were only eight, ten of us in the room, along with Coach Lombardi, and I had arranged with Chuck to have Coach Lombardi come down on the field at Lambeau to do an interview, and he had agreed to it. So when the conversation with the writers, the written media, was completed, uh, I looked at Chuck, and Chuck moved over to Coach Lombardi, and he pointed to me and said, uh, you need to go downstairs in the elevator with Vern. And Coach Lombardi looked at me and said, I'm not going to do it. Hmm. And I said, dear God, I've come all this way, and you're, you know, I've got a photographer down there. They promoted the heck out of this back home at Channel 8. WFAA, uh, please. And he stood up and he said abruptly, as he could speak abruptly, uh, I don't do television without my coat and tie. And I said, Coach, if it would make you feel more comfortable, I'll I'll go in a T-shirt. But we need to go down and do this. And so he walked out of the room and I pleaded with Chuck and he said, I'll be right back. Lombardi comes back five minutes later. He says, okay, let's go get this done. So we descended the elevator. Jack Murray, my photographer, was waiting. And he started rolling a film, no tape back then, uh, as soon as we came out on the field. So we were set to go. And the topic of most of our five-minute conversation was the recent installation of an electric grid <laughs> under Lambeau Field so that this field would never freeze. Well, I woke up 7.30, had a wake-up call 7.30 at the Northland Inn in Green Bay, and the operator very nicely said, good morning, Mr. Lundquist. It's sunny and 13 degrees below zero. <laughs> uh, the, field, the field froze. And that, that the, the legendary ice bowl, we lost a little tiny bit of the conversation at the very beginning, but just to be clear, that's the ice bowl game we're talking about to this day. Still the coldest game ever played in NFL history. And, and, one, and I mean, a one-on-one -on -one interview with Lombardi back in the day. Greeny with you with the great Vern Lundquist from above the Heineken River deck at Pier 17. Right, let's move along because I want to get in as many as we can. Because you've called sure. every famous game ever. The Duke-Kentucky college basketball game. The, the legendary Leitner game. I think many people will say it's the greatest game ever played in the history of basketball. What's the one thing you remember most vividly about it? Well, uh, the end of it, as a matter of fact, uh, and I'll try and be as brief as I can because I've got so many vivid memories of that game. I mm -hmm. worked it with Lenny Elmore. And Leslie Visser, the legendary Leslie Visser, was our sideline reporter. And Kaywood Ledford, the, the great basketball voice of Kentucky, had announced prior to the season that whenever Kentucky lost – that would be his last game. Assuming they went to the national championship game and won, great finish. But he was just a, such a humble guy and so revered in Kentucky. Leslie was 20 feet away from him for the last six minutes of regulation and all of overtime to tell his story. And the game was so compelling, we never got it on. So the first thing is, I remember when Mike Krzyzewski went out to celebrate with his players 
instead of going over to the Duke radio booth, broadcast row, he peeled back to his left and went directly to Kaywood Ledford. Now, Kaywood was one row behind us and maybe 15 feet away. So I get to witness this whole thing. And Mike went on the air with Kaywood to the state of Kentucky to thank him for all he had done mm. for basketball in his state and throughout the country. And I, I just thought it was such a gracious gesture. And if you will, the other part of this is that back in 1972, on October 5th, as a matter of fact, uh, Calvin Hill, I mentioned, we were good friends. He and Janet, his wife, they were expecting. Turns out their only child. But Calvin, I, I, we talked during her pregnancy, and I said, when she gives birth, give me a call. Because I'd like to, and he was an icon in Dallas. He still is. And I would like to announce your child's birth on my local television show. It's Friday at noon. He called me and he said, Janet gave birth last night to Grant Henry Hill. Hmm. So that night, uh, 10 o'clock, I, I mentioned that. And on Sunday, the Cowboys played the Pittsburgh Steelers. Calvin Hill, with a minute to go in the game, rolled out to his right, pulled up, and threw a halfback pass, 50 yards. Ron Sellers diving in the end zone, grabbed it. Cowboys won. Now, come forward 20 years, 1992. And here is this little baby, now grown to a six foot eight inch All American, named Calvin Hill throwing the ball inbounds to uh, to Kristen Leitner. Uh, a slight curve on the pass, but Leitner found it, had the presence of mind with 2.1 seconds to go to go up and, and hit the shot. Hmm. And in the rapturous enthusiasm of the moment, I looked over behind the bench, and there were Calvin and Janet Hill. And they had just watched their 20-year-old son complete uh, the end of a miraculous game. So I was able to tell that story on the air. And and a year later, no, 20 years later, we were at a seminar in New York. And I told this, I was in a seminar with Bill Raftery, Steve Smith from Michigan State, and Calvin and, and Grant. And I told that story to the, to the audience. And Grant came up to me. He said, I didn't know that. And I said, yeah, it, it happened. So the next day, I bumped into him. He says, I talked to my mom last night, and she said, yes, you really did. I said, Grant, did you think I was lying to you? <laughs> yeah, it really happened. So, uh, memories of the Cowboys the, the legend, and, and the Leitner. And the Leitner game. The Leitner game, but to you, the Grant Hill game. The great Vern Lundquist is with me here kicking yeah, off that's true. Legendary Voices Week. Okay, the other thing that I had not realized before I interviewed you a few months ago is that you— in the mm -hmm. Olympics in 1994, were the voice of figure skating for Nancy Car Kerrigan and Tanya Harding. Inarguably the most famous event of the Olympics, the most infamous Olympic event of our generation. What do you remember the most about Tanya and Nancy? Well, uh, the buildup, I guess. Uh, the incident... The injurious incident happened to Nancy Kerrigan uh, on January 6, 1994. Uh, Scott Hamilton, Tracy Wilson, and I, our three commentators, were guests. Uh, we were observers at the U.S. National Figure Skating Championships in Detroit. Uh, 
and that was the morning uh, on which Shane Stant, this this thug, uh, at the insistence of Tanya Hardy's uh, former husband, had attacked uh, Nancy Kerrigan, whacked her over the thigh with an iron bar in attempts to break her leg and get her unable to compete. And from that moment on, Nancy was given six weeks to prove she could compete. She did. They kicked Tanya off the team. She sued. She got placed back on. And the buildup, Mike, was unlike, whoops, I'm learning how to use this thing. We got it. Vern is on the FaceTime, and it's working just fine. You can't put your finger over the yeah, I can't put your finger over oh, the Oh, good. No, it, no problem. Okay, the buildup was. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> but but the buildup was just unbelievable and and culminated. And this seems impossible to believe. Last night, we watched 60 Minutes. Mm-hmm. And on 60 Minutes last night were two colleagues who were in the arena when Nancy and Tanya skated together in their first practice in Lillehammer. Susan Spencer and Martha Teichner. Now, this enormous buildup happened for six weeks, and then uh, they were both cleared to to compete. Uh, On the day of that practice, uh, Connie Chung, who co-anchored the Evening News with with Dan Rather, uh, prior to the practice, had flown to Portland and anchored the CBS Evening News from the ice rink where Tanya Harding was practicing. Mm. Now, let's do a little reality check on that. (laughs) Uh, Gee whiz. And on the day of the practice, Scott, Tracy, and I were sitting in our little cubicle at Northern Lights Hall in Hamar. We were about 30 miles south of Lillehammer. And in the arena, there were 400 journalists, media, written written guys, uh, writers, who were given access. We were the only radio television outlet that had access to the to the arena. Uh, these 400 were over interviewing Nancy's uh, uh, coach, two coaches, Evie and Mary Scottfold. And I looked around the ring, Scott and I did, and we counted six CBS correspondents and respected news team. Hmm. Susan Spencer, Martha Teichner, Bill Geist, uh, Mark Phillips, John Blackstone, uh, one more I'm getting, I'm forgetting. And right below us, uh, Connie Chung, uh, getting ready to co-anchor the evening news. And Scott looked at me and he said, someone has really lost perspective mm. because some, some, some of these kids have lived, lived all their life in hopes of pursuing a medal at the Olympics. And it's just last in this, it's, it's forgotten in this cartoon show. So. And to add the little sprite from Dnepropetrovsk, Ukraine, hmm. Oksana Bayul uh, sneaked in and threw in an extra triple jump at the end and beat Nancy Kerrigan by one-tenth of one point. It's extraordinary. I, I'll not, for those of us old enough to remember it, you never forget it. Greeny and the great Vern Lundquist. One more for you because we're going to run out of time and there's no way – I could not ask you about my favorite sport, and that is the Masters for so many years. And we heard the legendary calls there. We heard in your life, have you ever seen anything like that when Tiger had that ball that sat on the lip at 16 and finally fell in? And we heard, yes, sir, when Jack Nicholas rolls in that putt on his way to winning the Masters in 86. How, how would you describe 
what the Masters means to people who love it and what it has meant to you in your career? Well, I've been so blessed. I, I went for the first time in 1983, uh, with the exception of two years, 97 and 98. Uh, I took a hiatus and went to went to Turner Broadcasting. We had lost the NFL. So I was absent for those two years. But otherwise, I'm coming up in, August, in April on my th- 36th. Uh, I, I I get asked all which is the two which is of the two is your favorite and I I I always defer and I think it's age specific to Jack. Uh, I mean he is six months older than I am and I hope he stays that way for another twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we've talked about that moment. Uh, uh, I know Tiger much less uh, intimately than I do Jack. Um, but Tiger and I have mentioned it. Uh, I'm not an autograph collector. I bet you aren't either, but I do have signed autographs, uh, from both of those uh, guys at that moment. I'm very proud to have them. And, uh, my nephews will inherit those. Nancy and I don't have kids when the time comes, but, uh, if you've got two minutes, I'll try yeah. the tiger thing. Mike, I think I've told you this before. I'm not sure. Uh, how we covered that was was the, the result of a courageous decision by our technical director, a guy named Norm Patterson. Now, the way it works in the front of a television production truck, producer to the left, director in the center, TD to the right. At Augusta, there are 54 monitors in front of them. Uh, Steve Milton, the, the director, calls the shots. Uh, he directs, take camera six, Okay, ready, six, take camera six, and Norm Patterson punches a button. In this case, Bob Wishney was next to me in the tower, and it was take camera 10. That's Bob Wishney. Okay, take 10. And he had Tiger with the chip shot all the way down. And when it started to to roll to a stop, Steve Milton said, ready, six. And six was over here. It was a flanker camera who had a, a head-to-shoulder shots of Tiger for the reaction. And he said, ready, six. And as the ball stopped, Steve said, take six. And Norm Patterson intuitively did not take six. He stayed with 10, so we all got to draw, see the ball drop. Had, and that's a fireable offense to ignore the direct command Mm. of a television director. But he took it upon himself, and obviously uh, it worked out miraculously for all of you at home and all of us who were there. Otherwise, we never would have seen that ball go in the hole. How long did it sit on that lip, Vern? 1.8 seconds. 1.8 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> so, <laughs> An advertising age estimated that the accrued value of that exposure to Nike was $19 million. <laughs> Pretty good rate if you can get it. And, and growing. <laughs> <laughs> Vern, I can't tell you, again, the entire, all of these stories in greater length are on my podcast, which is available anywhere that you get your podcast. It's called I'm Interested, and we did a lengthy interview, and I'm so thrilled to kick off this week with you. The very best to your family, and I do hope we can do this again soon. Thank you so much, Vern. Thank you, Mike. It's always a pleasure. The best, just the best. Vern Lundquist, the legendary voice, and I didn't even get a chance to ask him here, again, on the 
he, he's a difficult one because the, there were so many stories. He broadcast the kick six. So the Auburn-Alabama, when the kid catches the field goal that it comes up short and he runs all the way back for the touch, he did that game. And I didn't even get a chance to ask him about that. But from the kick six to Tanya and Nancy to the Duke-Kentucky game to the entire Cowboys of the 70s, America's team, through all the rest of it and more, the Masters, uh, just a legendary voice. And I am, I am endlessly grateful to him for taking that time today. Greeny with you, a quick word from DraftKings. Three title fights are taking place this weekend during UFC 259 in Vegas. And DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving all players a shot at millions of dollars in prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy MMA is easy to play. Pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. Download the DraftKings app right now. Use my name Greeny as the code. You'll get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code Greeny. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Al Michaels tomorrow, Costas Wednesday, Doc Emmerich Thursday, and Jim Nance Friday. Legendary Voices Week will continue. And I'll see you tomorrow on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can check out Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus. Also, don't miss Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 Eastern on ESPN. This is Greeny, the podcast.